BMW. The 77%. A very warm welcome to this week's episode of The 77%, the show that brings you up to speed with issues affecting young people across Africa. I'm Kai Nebe. You are to swallow your pride like it doesn't have a sore aftertaste. You are to be a perfect balance, not too acid, not too alkaline. You are to be a conscientious being who meanders perfectly between soft and hard. You are to be a funky Friday night mixed with a tinge of Monday seriousness and a hint of Sunday calm. Those lyrics from Ghanaian spoken word artist Asantewa should hit us all hard. How we look matters to many of us, even if we don't like to admit it. Fashion is a massive industry worldwide. You can buy products for your skin, hair, eyes, nails. Beauty standards are ever-changing. The advancement of medicine and surgery means we can now even change our bodies. Brazilian butt lifts, calf implants, breast implants, liposuction, these are just some of the buzzwords. Changing your body is a craze for the rich and the poor. But can anyone adapt their bodies to trendy beauty standards? Is it even safe? That is what we'll be discussing in our 77% show today. On the streets of Accra, Ghana, beauty standards are already a hot topic. I mean, mostly uh, I'm interested in girls uh, who are light-skinned girls. A woman that is slim, not too slim, but medium. But I don't fancy fat women. When their skin is more bright and is glowing, it's very nice. Yeah. I want my ass a little bit bigger. And I, I want to no, look my ass. I want my ass bigger. I want my hips a little bit bigger. <laughs> but I like my up. I love the way my other body parts are. I wouldn't want to change anything because um, I feel like um, actually perfect the way I am. You know, I love the way I am. Those thoughts on beauty standards coming to us from Accra, Ghana. Across town, my colleague Edith Kamani is standing by with a panel of Ghanaians ready to pick apart the meaning of beauty standards and what they mean for everybody. Among them, sociologist Emilia Pobe, cosmetics expert Emmanuel Nkrumah, plastic surgeon Dr. Lee Vaini Ayi Ankra, Wendy Sika, a marketing manager, and social media escort Fakadi. Take it away, Edith. It's time for a debate. To begin with, I'll be speaking to Dr. Emilia. She's actually a doctor of sociology here in Ghana, and she spoke about this in her thesis. So perhaps you can begin by explaining to us what these ideals are, particularly here in Ghana. In our present consumer capitalist culture, the body is on constant display. Then in Ghana, beauty standards have become very important to young women. So there are all sorts of activities that are being taken by urban Ghanaian women to shape and sculpt their bodies in different ways. We have someone here who's actually gone through some of these modifications you're talking about. 
Fakadi is a social media sensation here in Ghana and she has also openly spoken about you know bleaching your skin or correcting your body in one way or another can you tell me why it is you felt you needed to do this um because basically I thought of lightening my skin to fit into the criteria of girls the men are interested in so it's because of men the yeah, male gaze patriarchy. for the yeah for the attention for everything on the social media platform yeah, when you're a bit lighter, you get more attention. So looking back at your life, because I've seen some of your before and after pictures, uh -huh. and really it's truly unbelievable how you've changed so mm -hmm. dramatically. How has your life changed? Are people viewing you different? Yeah, Are you getting what you were uh, yeah, after, after the skin lightening and I turned into Fakadi. Before the skin lightening, I was in your numb. So that's the changes that I had. And um, yeah, life was pretty good. You got um, famous and all that thing. You got the attention from the men. We get deals from maybe model contracts and all that. Uh, well, let's come to Poetra, who's a performing artist here in Accra. Uh, and you've spoken quite a bit about not altering yourself in the way that Fakadi has. But truly, the feminist wave says that women should have the choice to do whatever it is that they want. So where is the line? We have to expand what it means to be beautiful. Beauty standards are inherently racist. The Western ideal says that if you aren't thin, if you aren't white, if you aren't in close proximity to whiteness, you aren't beautiful. At the same time, we have to know the difference between enhancing our features and desperately wanting to change who we are drawn. But I mean, can you blame Fakadi because she's mm -hmm. saying, yes, it's about the male gaze, but I've also heard it said here in Ghana that specific advertisements for jobs will ask for fairer skinned women. And I want to find out if you've had this level of thinking where you're like, am I not good enough because of my skin tone? I haven't personally on a personal scale, but she's completely right. It's not just um, an individual level, not just like a, a male gaze. It's the entire industry. There's a beauty currency. And that's why we need to expand what it means to be beautiful. I'd like to come back to Emilia because why? How did we get here? Why is it that we as Africans, black Africans, are in a black society and we're still like yearning for westernized beauty ideals. Uh, poetry alluded to racism initially, but what are the other factors? In, in everything that we see around our advertisements, you see a predominantly lighter representation of Ghanaian women. So we grow up looking at these pictures and consciously or unconsciously, we internalize this. It's, yeah. it's a very long you know, history of you know, colonization and we internalizing that. It's getting better, so people are gradually embracing people of darker shades, but we still have a very long, long way to go. Okay, Fakadi, I'd like to come to you because we're being told now that we're embracing darker skin tones. Yeah. Do you think if you were slightly darker, you would get less work? Yes, you will get the job, but the payment, there's difference in it. Let's say a light person is taking 5,000 cities, they will give you a dark person 2,000, 3,000. Um, do you feel like you're doing something harmful to the young Ghanaians who are following you when they see you advertising products to lighten their skin? I think um, making money is not harmful. So anything <laughs> that you make money from is not harmful. Oh, okay. So far as um, is that decision is their choice. So let's come to Mr. Nkrumah here because obviously you are specifically in charge of chemistry and uh, cosmetics at the FDA and yet we're hearing young women here say hey I have access to bleaching products it's so easy to get them online what are the challenges of regulating some of these products and what are they some of these chemicals um, are medicinal and for medicinal products 
it's used for a limited period of time. There are others who also adulterate these products with mercury, and mercury is a banned substance. So some of these products that are known to be quicker and faster for you to get what you expect of the skin color, that is to reduce the melanin production that gives you the dark shade, it has effects on your liver, on your kidneys. Let's come to Dr. Levi Ankara. He's actually a plastic surgeon, but you deal specifically with corrective plastic surgeon. Uh, Mr. Nkrumah has alluded to some of the ingredients that are in these products. Yeah. What are the long-term implications of using some of these products, which appear to be harmless? We produce steroids normally in our bodies, but we produce them on certain occasions, mostly in stress situations. Bringing in exogenous steroids, that's steroids coming from outside, causes changes in the body that you can't see. Yes, your skin gets lighter, but just psychologically you could have depression, mood swings and all sorts of stuff. You could have things that happen to the, the master gland, that's the pituitary gland in the brain. Um, you could get cataracts, um, mostly to the skin. The skin thins out and you are easily susceptible to minor injuries cause tears in the skin. Okay. Um, well, then let me come to Fakadi because you've mentioned some very scary things that could be associated with the use of steroids. Now, I don't know what you've used to lighten your skin. Yeah, uh, are you happy to tell us what it was? Um, first, uh, you start with um, local black soap, uh -huh, which is very high in potassium. And as time goes on, you want to upgrade. They have IV, um, those infusions, you take beauty infusions, glutathione injections, pills, and all to make your skin lighter. Yeah, and yeah. so... Now that you're pregnant, I'm assuming, are you still using them? No, no, or? No, 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 no. Okay, does it scare you or worry you when you hear the doctor talk about the long-term implications that you yeah, could possibly definitely. have? Sometimes you get scared. You get scared. Are you human? So you think about, oh, what will happen when I'm old? But right now you're raking in the cash, so you're like... Yeah, yeah. All right. So speaking about your baby, if uh -huh. you'll allow me, mm -hmm. would you be the kind of person who would take a tablet to lighten your baby's complexion? No. Are you worried that you will look nothing like no, your no, child? No, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't, um, I don't think I have worries about that. When she grows up, she has her own rights to decide if she wants to lighten up or remain dark skin. Yeah. We'll be back in just a moment. The 77% join the debate. And of course, this debate has been raging on our Facebook page too, with many of you commenting. Gustav Mann says, A healthy skin is always beautiful. The color doesn't matter. Meanwhile, Fatima Fatima Dadze says, Comparatively, Ghana has no bleaching problem. Most women retain their natural complexion and dark skin is revered. On the other hand, Salome Wayadu says, Worse than physical colonization is mental colonization. It's insidious, long-lasting, and so damaging you don't even see it happening. People talk about having a preference as if they were born with those preferences, not knowing they've been subtly brainwashed from birth to believe they're not good enough and there's something better. Chris E. Dennis says, Bleaching cream is available all over sub-Saharan Africa and it is very inexpensive to buy. Lightening the skin is a major occurrence here. Thanks again for those thoughts. As always, you are invited to join the debate on our Facebook and Instagram platforms. Now let's head back to Edith in Accra, where the debate has taken an interesting turn. Let's come back to Mr. Nkrumah here, because again, 
where are these products coming in through? Where are they coming from? What, what's, where is the difference, where is the gap coming in between your wanting to regulate and them seeping into the market? We have the main point of entry. That's the Terma port, the airport, that's the KIA, and other approved entry points. But there are people, because of their intention and what they want to do, will smuggle them in. Glutathione, as you said, is, it has medicinal value but it's not been approved as a cosmetic product and no product if you take in or you swallow or inject can be a cosmetic product cosmetic products are used on the surface of of the skin so basically there's no such thing as safe no, no, skin lightning they, there's nothing like that okay so people taking it with the intention of lightening their babies definitely you should be expecting some deformities when these children are born then why isn't it working? Okay, people are not complying. For instance, people, hydroquinone was the ingredient of choice in cosmetic products. So now the FDA does not permit it in cosmetic products because it has use as a medicinal ingredient. So for medicinal ingredient, it's permitted. But for cosmetic products, it's a no-no, just like steroids. Yeah. We have safer options. So why are you not using them? Than right. using things which are yeah, I can faster. see I can see some hands popping up. Are you saying that the government is revoked of responsibility because it's a personal choice? That the government is like they, they don't have any responsibility, any of, maybe not FDA, but like a sect of the government that decides. Okay, this is something that's affecting a percentage of our population, especially if it's a strain on the healthcare. I would say there is a responsibility. Every individual is the duty of the government to ensure the safety of every individual. So there are measures that have been put in place to ensure that there's enforcement. Doesn't that end up punishing the victim? Because if I bought a product off the shelf, I don't know if it's gone oh, through due process. If I buy it online, okay. I don't know if it's gone through due process. So what we have is we have a um, list of approved products and it's on our website. So we send it out there, you visit our website, you see the list of products and then you buy from that list. Petra, I want to come to you because social media, you're influencing on that space. But to what extent is it responsible for some of these flawed ideas of what beauty is? And what are you doing to change that? So we need to expand what it means to be beautiful. We're all over social media. That's a medium that we can use both on a personal level, both on a communal level. You know, when you say that we need to expand our ideas of what beauty is, we feed off of each other, right? So I'm curious to know from you, Wendy, for example, when you were dealing with your skin conditions, what were people saying to you? What are some of those things that led you to think, you know what, this is important enough to me that I need to change it? As a young girl in school, you know how kids are. They're making fun of you. They're calling you names, you know. And as a little girl, you want to do everything possible that you can to change the situation. So when she says we, 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 I'm asking myself, who is the we? Mm. Okay, Amelia, part of our presentation includes our hair. Mm. And I know that you have a very interesting story regarding how you decided to become natural. Yes, so before I traveled for my PhD studies, my hair was relaxed. So when I went to Hong Kong, my supervisor asked me one day when we were having our meetings that, Amelia, why do you have your hair straight? I had actually like fixed the weave and it was so itchy. So every now and then, you know, I'll keep <laughs> tapping my head. And she asked me, Amelia, why are you putting yourself through all this trouble? And I said, it's easier to manage my hair this way. And she asked, 
why would it be easier to manage anything than your natural hair? And I had never been faced with that question. Uh, Fakadi, earlier we spoke about, oh, wait, Wendy has something to say. Let's come to you first. So for me, hair is a very, very big topic. But as you've touched on it, I just wanted to ask um, Emilia something. So the question is, if you hadn't gone to Hong Kong, do you think you still get that awakening in Africa that, oh, my natural hair is beautiful as its cause? I probably would not have you know, gone natural. And that is not to say that there were not representations of natural hair. But then it never struck a chord with me, ironically. And it had to take an outsider, you know, to, to, make, to, to, to make it so obvious to me what, what, was, what was so apparent that I could not see before. Our educational system is reinforcing it. Because we don't get to manage our hair till after school. We always keep our hair short down. I'd like to hear from the panel. What do you think we can do, not necessarily to change the beauty standards because they're fluid, as Emilia said, but to make them healthier so that we're not having people landing in hospital and risking their lives in order to comply to a certain standard of beauty? I'd like to hear from the doctor first. Um, if you're using a, a product, a medicine, which can can change your body as a whole, then there is something you should be cautious about because it could have long-term effects. Okay, Amelia, where is the difference between my body, my choice, and this is harmful to not just your body but to society, and how do we move forward from that? You know, we have a very popular saying, Sankofa, we should really go back and try and understand how things were before, you know, colonization and, right. you know, even slavery and all so of that stuff. So self-love on a completely deep level. All right, uh, let's come to this side. Recommendations of how we can make this industry healthier, happier for all of us. When I accepted myself and close family members and friends who really, really, truly loved me, they told me the truth that, see, you are bleaching, stop saying toning. I, I really accepted it and I appreciate that till today. And it has changed my mindset about, you know, my skin and how I look. So today I know that there are some specific ingredients. If I see them in any product I run, one, parabens. And there's something called quota. If you see ingredients like that in a product, ladies, please run away from that. That's my advice. All right. Uh, Poetra. Accepting yourself also means that not perpetrating another margin of oppression. So if you are dark-skinned, it means that you, and you are skinny. It means that you don't also bully somebody who's fat because we are all in the same industry. So that it's, it's a communal effort. Yeah. Individual, we have a part to play. As a community, we have a part to play. And as a country, a country that loves itself, loves its people, commits to long-term life and makes sure that everybody's fine. I like that. So borrowing Chimamanda's words, finding inclusion through diversity. All right, Mr. Nkrumah, how can institutions help to correct some of the errors that we're finding in the industry right now? Okay. Well, our mandate is ensuring the safety, protecting the health and safety of the public. And we do this through public education. There need to be a lot of public education and interaction so that the general public will know the need because there are procedures, there are systems in place to ensure that products that come onto our markets are of the right quality, they are safe, and they are effective to use. Uh, and finally, Fakadi, let's hear from you. Uh, with me, my slogan is, my body, my choice. That's it. And we shouldn't copy blindly. All right, I couldn't think of a better place to end this debate. Thank you so much. Embrace yourself in whatever shape and style you come in. If beauty is in the eye of the beholder, perhaps we should become our new beholders. Edith Kamani hosting that debate on beauty standards in Accra, Ghana.
Sadly, that brings us to the end of the 77% show. Now, if you've got a topic you want us to tackle in our debates, email us at 77% at dw.com. Special thanks to Eliane Giliarducci and our production team here in Bonn, Germany. I'm Kai Nebe and bye for now. Whoa, whoa, whoa.